0: What's going on guys? John on here with you. It is January 7, 2022. How's everybody doing out there today? Now, there was supposedly a little bit of news that's coming out about the baseball CBA and the agreement and Rob Manfred. I will get to that a little bit in this segment, but I wanted to start with some positive news here from the Dan Dickerson front and Evan Woodbury of MLive got a chance to talk to Dan Dickerson uh, play-by-play for the Detroit Tigers and I want to share a little bit of that with you and I will link this article and I'll get this posted to the website as well but I want to read some of this stuff here with you so this is probably a Skype or a Zoom call something like that to Dan Dickerson or maybe even a chance to go and visit him because I know he lives in Clarkston somewhere but uh, this is Evan to Dan, and we're going to go and break down some of this stuff. So humble beginnings here for Dan Dickerson. He is my first year. It was actually in 2000, when, you know, when they opened up the new ballpark. They had traded for Juan Gonzalez. They were trying to make a splash, and I've never done minor league baseball. I've never done baseball, period. I didn't even know if I'd like baseball after 162 games. Which, that says a lot. Dan's done a really good job here, especially. It's kind of hard to follow up Ernie Harwell and things like that, but you got to be your own person, and I think he's done a great job on that. Evan goes on to talk about, with uh, Dan, the challenge of the game. And Dan says this, The beauty of my job is I get to learn about the game on a different level every single day from the people who knew it best. That's why I like this 2021 season so much, because of how much A.J. Hinch was willing to share his knowledge Dances, I love watching baseball. I love trying to pass along what I've learned to the fans, and I love the constant challenge of trying to describe things well and paint a picture. That's a challenge to me that will always be there, and it's fine to try to do it well, but there's never been a bad day to go to the ballpark. And you know, he's saying that in context, in context as well of Tigers were not that long ago, just one game away from setting the all-time uh, record of the worst record in Major League Baseball. So even at those times when it's been a trying season, especially in 2000, he's always enjoyed going there. So here's Dan Dickerson on AJ Hinch. He goes, I'll put it this way, I've been doing manager interviews for about 22 years and this is the first time I've made sure to transcribe every single interview because there's always some kind of nugget in there. My questions are always very basic and then his answer is always very long, involved and insightful. That's the thing I appreciate so much. All the managers I've worked with have been great on different levels, although Brad Ausmus constantly reminded me that he hated doing the show. Four years in, and he's like, you know, I hate doing these things. He goes, yes, I know. They're all smart, right? But AJ doesn't want to make you think he's smarter than you. He just wants you to know the game at his level and understands the things that go on in his decisions, and I find it fascinating. It was just another level of communication with a manager that I hadn't done before. So I think that that's really cool, and I think that... I know I talk about a lot between these podcasts and things like that, how the Tigers are probably fortunate in getting A.J. Hinch, considering all the stuff that was going on with the Houston Astros that had been documented. But at the same time, when you look at what Dan is saying, you think about the context of how the players between Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman... Uh, J.D. Martinez, everybody else that was in the locker room all at one time, whether it be Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, any of that kind of stuff, all those mixes of players that he's been involved with or he knows. And you think that all those contexts of why those players connect to A.J. and when you hear something honest from a broadcaster like that saying that why he connects with A.J. Hanch and everybody's personality is different, I think it goes to show you, Tigers are making the right decision. I know it's just one of those things in a broadcaster perspective of you gotta say nice things because you work for the team, but in all honesty, for listening to Dan for this many years now, after following Ernie Harwell and things like that, you'll get the ultimate sense of appreciation and passion from Dan and I really enjoy that, and that fresh perspective there from A.J. Hinch is something that I think is really important, not only for Tigers fans, but to appreciate the kind of guy A.J. is and the kind of guy Dan is as well. So here's uh, Evan Woodbury asking Dan Dickerson about Miggy's 500 and some historic calls. Here's Dan's response. One thing I've learned through the years is that you can't plan out a call. You're aware that the call is going on and it's going to get replayed a lot. In 2006, when they clinched a playoff spot in Kansas City, I remember that I kind of wrote it out about what Miguel Cabrera was doing, and when I heard it back, I was like, well, that sounds canned. And also, I think I evolved an idea of where you're going to say something, but you really want to react to that moment. When Miguel Cabrera's 500th home run was approaching, I knew the thing I wanted to do was replace what I would usually say with gone, with 500. But after that, I had to be able to react with the moment, react to him and describe him coming around the bases and going into the dugout and coming out to the bow. You can't absolutely do anything more than react to the moment. And then hopefully, you're adding a little context and a little color. And I like that. That's a whole completely honest call. And this is a funny moment here. So, during Miguel Cabrera's countdown, because you know a lot of these fans and stuff around here are waiting for Miguel Cabrera to hit number 500. it's kind It kind of dragged along and... It spread along during the homestand where the ticket prices and everything else got really high, but he didn't end up doing it against it until the Toronto Blue Jays and things like that. So, during Cabrera's countdown, Dan goes on to say, you wanted to make that really good call, even for the ones before 500, and one day our intern Luke Sloan went down to the concourse because he knew I love those roasted almonds and I want to snack on stuff during the game but peanuts and nuts and almonds and things like that is something you shouldn't snack on during the game because they can easily get caught in your throat. So I'm just munching away on these delicious almonds that he picked down below, hot from the grill, and then Cabrera comes up, and I've got something caught in my throat, and I'm taking drinks of water, hitting the cough button to try to clear my throat, but unfortunately uh, fortunately, Cabrera didn't do anything, but I'm like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> you know things like that happen, you gotta remember that all of us are human and things like that, but it's just funny to hear that context and clarity from Dan Dickerson. So here's something whether or not you think it's fodder or window service and things like that, but Evan Woodbury also asked Dan about the Tigers future. And Dan went on candidly to say, Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson are going to impact gonna be impact players in twenty twenty two. In my lifetime I've been a lifelong Tiger fan, I've been born in nineteen fifty eight I don't think they've had two hitting prospects of this caliber coming up at the same time. you know. Not that I can remember, even though you had uh, you know, 1984 when the Tigers ended up in the World Series. you got some great players on there, but not all of them all coming up at once, although they were young players. When you're talking about uh, Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker, and all those guys like that, these two guys are going be rookies coming right in, and I think they will make a big impact too. So he goes to say that they think they make a big impact and he goes honestly to say I think they're going to show over the course of the season that this Tigers team is going to be in the hunt and they're going to compete for a division title. I don't know if I'll go that far but I would say they're going to be a lot better. Uh, I think fans are going to recognize it and I think by midsummer you're going to have those consistent big crowds at Comerica and there's nothing quite like it. And that's where I completely agree with Double D there. There's nothing like having a big crowd at Comerica Park. It's nothing like having 40,000 fans there, and I hope that that ends up being the case. Tigers, again, you know, that was in the context of the interview when I will get the whole thing up there from Evan Woodbury, getting a chance to talk to Dan Dickerson. I Man, i love to pick that guy's brain any way that I could. That'd be so great. So, in the context of it, what do you think? Facebook.com slash TBO Gunsinger Twitter at John Ryan Ott. I know we're itching for some baseball news. So, let's bring this in here, too. So this is Ryan uh, Diane Perry of CBS Sports here. MLB Lockout League, Major League Baseball Players Association, likely to restart CBA negotiations soon. So let's see if I can find anything worth of context here. The owner lockout that's grounded the MLB's offseason to a halt drags on, and the two sides between players and team owners haven't discussed the major issues since the labor stoppage commenced. However, there's hope that these discussions will begin this month and address the economic issues that are driving the current standoff. So the Athletics' Evan Drellich says that Major League Baseball is preparing a new core economic proposal to deliver to the Players Association when they're presented this month. Core economic talks in the sport will have restarted for the first time since the owners initiate a lockout on December 2nd, so it's already been over a month, and they hope that it will make some positive development. They're likely to address the shrinking share of those league revenues, indicated by the part of the declining average player salary, the occasional practice of service time manipulation, think about Chris Bryant and the Chicago Cubs trying to hold him there to get the extra year of service time rather than him going to immediate free agency. And the tanking problem, among other matters. Teams have increasingly trended younger players in their roster construction, and the union will be fighting to get those younger players paid more in line with their on field value, also seeking incentives to make teams more competitive with one another. Hmm, how about a salary floor? That would be nice. Get that salary cap in baseball, at least have a minimum floor of spending to encourage. Teams to be a little bit more constructive and not completely tank. Hopefully, that will end up happening. If this past is indeed prologue, then the owners' side will leak details of their next proposal. What will be telling whether or not is their revised proposal embodies genuine movement on the issues, or has the owners' recent practice has it just been a rearrangement of prior proposals? If it's the latter, then unlikely a new collective bargaining agreement will be forged soon. So they're saying in context anyway, they should be meeting sometime this month. Hopefully it lasts longer than seven minutes. And that's the thing that we have to kind of keep in context at the time. Uh, We're going to come back in here and talk about some more baseball stuff and I will get this uh, posted to you as well. I'm going to bring this audio in. I don't know if it's going to double dip here for me. So I'm going to try to upload it a little bit later if I can as well. So let's check this out. I don't know if it's gonna double dip on my video side, so I'm gonna to have to cut this short, but I know it's not gonna double dip on the audio side, so we can leave this as part of the podcast. So I want to play this for you. This is Adam Shine when the on CBS Sports when Mob Man Rob Manfred announced the lockout. This was some of his thoughts. Take a listen to this
1: should change its logo to Rob Manfred flipping the double bird to the fence because that's all I heard. That's what he's saying. That's what he's doing by locking out the Major League Baseball players. They had a seven minutes meeting yesterday with a deadline looming. Seven minutes. Oh, oh, good. Our daily Time to Shine production meeting goes longer than that. Manfred isn't a baseball fan, nor does he care about the good of the game. He doesn't care about the players or the fans themselves. I'll say it again. Only baseball can ruin baseball. Keeping players and the minors to limit when they can be free agents, that's a joke. It needs to change. That's the old Chris Bryant rule. It's embarrassing. Give me the DH in both leagues already. I want to see expanded playoffs for money, for everyone, for interest, for buzz, for the fans, for teams, House, this is a concept, not to tank. Give me a salary floor. We can talk about the cap. Give me a floor. The Pirates and Orioles are offensive, not the Dodgers, Yankees, and Red Sox. A fair deal was there to keep the momentum going. The season this year was amazing. The Dodgers versus the Giants all year. Otani's genius. The Braves winning the World Series. And the off-season? Piping hot. And now, splat, fud. the music stops. The winter meetings are canceled. What about Kershaw, Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa? Should parents go out and buy their kids a baseball jersey or baseball tickets for Christmas? Is there going to be a season that's going to start on time? It's just so sad and so wrong. I'll say it again for impact. Only baseball can ruin baseball. MLB.com is no longer showing the players' faces on the website. How dumb, how petty, how counterproductive. Granted, I've always argued that Major League Baseball has never figured out how to market their ballplayers anyway. I'm angry. I'm sad. I love baseball. And Rob Manford keeps reminding me he doesn't care at all.
0: Those are pointed words there from Adam Schein. So that was my little baseball segment that we're going to have. So going forward through this weekend, I'm going to give you some uh, Detroit Red Wings. We're going to take it on the Los Angeles Kings and the Anaheim Ducks within a back-to-back, supposedly Saturday and Sunday because the Ducks game was moved due to COVID protocol concerns. So we're going to get that in there. And I'm also going to get to you this weekend some things I might have missed over there, some lowlights of 2021 and some new tech news that's coming out. So stick with me this weekend and we'll get you some more news. And from the uh, video prospect, I will have that video of Adam Shine also linked because I think if I did it over the video, it would uh, double dip and it would sound horrible. So stick back in from the break and we will talk a little bit more this weekend. As always, guys, I appreciate it. Peace out.